Machmel, disappointment of Klai Yisrael, that they asked for a king. We discussed less than what the problem was with the ask for a king, because the Torah itself predicts that there'll be a time when Klai Yisrael asked for a king. And really, the first thing to talk about is when was the Pasuk meant to be Miskan? In other words, we, the Pasuk says that when you come to Israel, and you'll have conquered Israel, and you'll have settled in Israel, then you will say, Now the Gemara already has two opinions. Is that a Chiyuf, or is that an option? In other words, the Torah is saying you have the permission to ask for a king, it's an option. Or is the Torah saying you should ask for a king, something which is expected of Klai Israel? And uh, let's first go with the opinion of the Gemara. There is something which was expected of Klai Israel, they were meant to ask for a king. So really the question we have to ask ourselves is, so why didn't they ask until now? This isn't, uh, this is already over 370 years more since they came to Israel. And uh, all that time they never thought of being kind this mitzvah until now. I mean, part of Why the answer we see that because of the disappointment with the sons of Shmuel, that was the catalyst that for King now. now. But it's just what true. Years, I don't know. But there were lots of disappointments on the way. It wasn't that Klai had a stable leadership the whole way through the time of the Shaykh. It's, it's, it's in the first Shaykh, or it's, it's, it's in the first Shaykh, it's because of the disappointment. Yeah, but why now? In other words, they were also disappointed with the sons of Gidon. They were also disappointed that Right. So now that, that was the explanation why now they were saying to Shmuel that had you been doing the job, it would have been okay. But your sons aren't, so now we want to king. Uh, but that wasn't the first time there was a lack of leadership or a vacuum of authority in Kai Israel. And it happened many times before. And therefore we have to ask what was different now that it, uh, if it was admitted to ask for a king, then why were they only asking now? So, what it would seem to be the answer, at least part of it, is, again, the Pasuk is, that says that we only, the time to ask for a king is only after they've completed the victory of the Congress of Israel. And as we saw from the time of the Shevetim, that there were still pockets of resistance among the Emoiri, among the Knan, who hadn't yet been destroyed. There was a constant threat of uh, war from the various neighbors who were hostile to us. Uh, it was the Plishtim, or it was the Midian, or it was Moab, whoever it might have been, different times. And therefore, there was never really the right opportunity which presented itself for a king. And here, by the time of Shmuel, so now there was a time when there was relative tranquility. We saw that throughout the tenure of Shmuel's being the Navi, so then the Kaisal were left alone. And therefore, maybe now would be an appropriate time to ask for a king. But if that's the case, if that's the case, so then, why are they only asking for the king now? So the understanding would be because they felt as long as Shmuel, and that's what they said to him, as long as Shmuel was, was acting as the shepherd, so then they didn't feel they needed the king. And if that's the case, then asking for a king is a direct insult to Shmuel. Because it's really saying to him, we no longer trust you to lead us, and we don't accept your sons as, as your replacements. And therefore, being as uh, you, know, you are, are no longer able to listen, your sons aren't qualified to listen, we want a king. And if that's the case, that's what Shmuel took offense to. And that's why we saw the Pasuk says that the word Shmuel didn't like was, I want to remain Lashavtainu. Because Lashavtainu was really usurping his position. He was the Shavit of Israel, and, uh, and for them to say to him that we want someone to replace you when Shmuel was still, still active and still very much able to lead Israel, 
says that that's why he took he, he took objection to what they said. If that's the case, just to finish this thought, then we'll come out that even if there's a mitzvah to ask for a king, it's only a mitzvah to ask for a king when there isn't a leader who's fulfilling the role of the king. In other words, if Shmuel was doing the job that he was meant to do as the shepherd, then there wouldn't have been, this wouldn't have been the right time to ask for a king. So when would the time to ask for a king have been? Only after Shmuel died. And after Shmuel died, then, then there would have been maybe a lack of leadership, which would have been the right thing to do to ask for a king. But who would they have asked? And the question is who they would have asked. Now, how would, how would the king have come about? Because if you're talking about a leader, then or the Navi, who has to be the one to tell us who the appointee of the Hashem is going to be, who's going to nominate as the king, so of course we need to ask the Navi. And therefore what it seems is that the, what they should have done is they should have asked Shmuel to appoint a king for after he died. You know, it's not appoint a king right now while Shmuel is still alive and active, but rather, who's going to replace you one day, Shmuel? Tell us who's like, just like the Bathsheba came to David HaMelech, and Nasan, the Navi of David HaMelech, and said, didn't say who's going to which means it wasn't an insult to David and no one's saying that um, they want him to step down to abdicate they're saying it after you die like you said before in the Pasuk and what's going to be next and therefore to choose a replacement for after you're no longer here just like the Moshe Rabbein asked Hashem to find a replacement for after he would die and Hashem told him I'm going to choose your ship so they didn't, they didn't hasten Moses' demise, and it wasn't that we chose a threat to him, but it was, he was told that this is going to be the replacement leader, so to go after you. And therefore, what Kaisal should have done is come to Shmuel and said to him, Shmuel Anavi, please tell us, after you die, who's the leader going to be? Who, appoint a king for after you. Whereas the way they presented the question to him was, we want a king now, because that tells the cancer, you're old, and therefore right now we want a king, we don't want to wait. Yeah. Why do they... So the this the reason they wanted the king was to replace Shmuel. Shmuel was the shepherd, the the judge, and they wanted the king to replace Shmuel as the judge. Shmuel replaced Eli. Yeah, he was also a shepherd. So somebody will replace Shmuel. So they wanted that they felt they wanted to replace him already now. You know, they didn't want to wait until later on to, to for the replacement. Why did they want a king? For what reason? Is it to judge that they saw the future? Very interesting, because that's the case. So then we see that what was meant to have happened was, had that been the case, then Shmuel would have appointed David Amalek as the king for after he died. Because as we know, David came to the throne just after Shmuel died. And it was only because, it was only because uh, Christ insisted on having a king in Shmuel's lifetime still that he appointed Shaul. And Shaul's reign coincided with the last year and a half, two years of Shmuel's life. And uh, Shaul died very shortly after Shmuel died. And therefore, had Kaisal asked for a king to be appointed who will take the reins of leadership only after Shmuel dies, he would have appointed David Amalek, who was meant to have been the king after Shmuel died, and then that would have, that would have been what, what would have been expected. So that's the first point. That was that the mistake Kaisal made, or what Shmuel did not, or what Kaisal said, is that they asked for a king to be appointed now still in his lifetime. And even if, as we know from the Pasuk, that Klaus were worried about Shmuel's sons taking over, so to speak, they didn't feel that they were up to the job. Once again, had their father appointed a successor in his lifetime, so then, uh, they, would, they, would, then they would have been understood that this is going to be the, the next leader following Shmuel. And you see, Shmuel didn't suggest his son should be the king. 
Obviously, that was the Samin Hashem was going to choose who the king was going to be. Can I say something? Sure. Now, the next point is, and that's uh, what the Malvin who discusses more Barichos, and that is, Rukhai shall write at all fasting. Or shall they have left it up to, so to speak, like, uh, just like Hashem promised Moshe Rabbeinu, that the Vlaya Das Hashem could turn Hashem and write it. Klai Yisrael aren't going to be left le- uh, leaderless. And if that's the case, was it Bichal, Klai Yisrael's job to ask for a king? Or was it something which they should have relied on the fact that HaKadosh Baruch would make sure to provide them with a leader? And so Anani says that the Mashmaz of the Pasuk we brought this before is that there might be a Chiyuv. In other words, that Klai Yisrael meant that there's an obligation Klai Yisrael to appoint the king. And if that's the case, Klai Yisrael aren't doing the wrong thing. Like we said, the first chat is there was the wrong thing to do during Shmuel's lifetime, because they had a leader. And there was a certain, like, so to speak, uh, insult to Shmuel to say, we want him to approach you while he's still alive. But the, the very fact that they thought that okay, we have to ask wasn't necessarily a problem. The Torah, the Torah pre- presented in such a way that are going to ask for it. The second issue, which could be, and that is we saw the difference between, now between the Pasuk, um, the Torah and the Pasuk over here, and that is, the Pasuk of the Torah says, Umarita simala melech. And the pasuk here says, "Similar and that is the idea of a king kacharagayim. Something is mentioned in the Torah too, except that the idea of the king, in the, which is mentioned in the Torah, is a, a king kacharagayim. Whereas over here, it's a king kacharagayim. It's a very big difference. But did the nations, did their kings judge them? Is that what they did? It's a good question. I don't know. They asked him for that, and maybe they did. We have a story with Alexander. Yeah, much later. By the time Alexander, and then we find that he was he judged people, and suddenly by some of the Romans, some of the Russian the kings judged people. But it was it like that in the in the diaries of the of the Tanakh? I don't know. I mean, I could assume yes, but we have no right to that. Either way around, the. The, so what was the problem then? Uh, so why were, let's go back to the step before that. Why would the Torah even suggest the king kacharagayim? The king kacharagayim. And the question, and the answer to that question is really another question, and that is if Klai Yisrael has a kohen gadol and a sanhedrin and a navi, what do they need a king for? What job is a king going to add to that? Uh, there were times when with, with that combination, Klai Yisrael extremely successful. For example, the time of Yeshua Benun. So they had a king called the Lazarakoid, and Yeshua ben Nun was a navi or a leader. What, 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 what was missing at the role, the role that the king was meant to fulfill? In other words, whose, whose role was he taking? Well, what's the job that he what wasn't being done that a king needed to do? Because in the absence of spiritual leadership, and of course one needs some kind of political leadership, because otherwise uh, there's no there's no uh, way to unite or to to, comp- to drive a country or to control or rule a country. And therefore there has to be a king, which is basically just a, a leader whose uh, position is that he can enforce authority over the country. But in the case we have a third leadership, it has between the Sanhedrin and the Navi and the Kohen Gadol. So what, what, more, what, what more is there for the king to do? And therefore, if the, if, if the terrorist says that Kaisa is going to ask for a king, it's Kekhala Goyim. It's something which is like the Goyim had a king, because they didn't have anything else. When Shankin, by 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 Klai Yisrael, really the question is what what was why would there be a necessity for a king? I would suggest, as we've seen in, in the previous. Uh,
The Rambam, where he talks about it himself in the mitzvahs of appointing a king and sefer mitzvahs, the Rambam writes that the point of the king is to be the central force which, which combines, which unites Klai Yisrael. And if that's the case, like we, like we learned correctly in Shoftim, it says more than once in the Pasuk, that in the time when there wasn't a king, people do what they wanted. There wasn't a central authority which was going to unite everybody. Now, if that's the case, that really depends on, like we saw, who the leader was. Because in the time of the Shoftim, where the, the, where the accusation against the Shoftim was that they weren't acting in that role, the leadership. So then that be, there became that lack of leadership which let people do what they wanted. Whereas in the time of Shmulan Avi, when he was a very active leader and he was like we saw, he was uh, working the whole time to, uh, be present. to be present all over and to be on top of what happened in Taishal. And then the king wasn't necessary. And the same thing in, in, in times before that Moshe Rabbeinu, he's called like a king, but he wasn't a, he wasn't ever anointed as a king. He was a leader, he was a Navi. Yeshua also was a leader, he was a Navi. He wasn't he was never officially or formally made a king. It wasn't necessary. It was only when there was a lack of central leadership that he needed a king. And therefore the place or the time for Kaisal to ask for a king is when they felt there wasn't going to be that central leadership. And then you have to appoint the king who that's going to be his job. That's going to be his job. And now, once again, that was something which the Pharisees should ask for um, when there wouldn't be a leader. To ask for it when Shmuel was alive and he was still the leader, that was wrong. But as I said, that's uh, the second point to ask for it. Now, the last point is what, what it says by us, to, to judge us like all the guys. And this is what we started talking about yesterday. And that is, was the king's job to judge? Because it was a Sanhedrin. So why, was it, why would it be the king's job to judge? Uh, leave it to the Dayanim, who work and who know the Torah, know the Halacha, and will judge based on the Torah. Why, 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 why would it have to be a king whose, whose job was to, to, so to speak, to judge the Shaftainim? Conversation between Abigail and David about King judging versus Sanhedrin judging. That was that was different. Well, instead of David and Abigail, is that David decided that Novus is Chayav Mesa because of Moabim Machos? Why is it Moabim Machos? Because David had already been anointed as a king at that stage, and Novus had blatantly disobeyed him. He said, "There's a rebel against the king," so he decided to kill Novus. And Abigail came to him and told him, maybe you're Nimshach already by the king, but nobody knows that. And if that's the case, you can't act the king and therefore decide you're going to kill people for being Moabim Malchus um, just because you, you've officially been appointed a king when the hasn't accepted you as a king. And it says, besides which, and this is actually a Gemach like this, does the din of Moabim Malchus have to be approved about this in Hedron? Or, or can any can any king on, on his own decide that this person is Moabim Malchus and then summarily execute him? Okay, that's the king judging himself. In other words, then he's judging for himself, something which affects him. An, an enemy he has, or a position he's facing. And then the question is, can, can the king judge on his own, as son as a marriage Malchus? But here we're talking about the Shafzainu, and that is that he's going to judge he's, he's going to judge other people. He's going to be the judge for their cases and for their stories. And then again, we ask the question, we have a Sanhedrin. Why is there a necessity to ask for a king of Shafzainu? So this is an interesting point because there's a certain con- uh, concept which is is there an ability to enact laws the the, tarikh, the, tarikh, the situation 
Even if they aren't happy the Torah. Even if? They're not happy the Torah. The Torah doesn't talk about that. But if a person says in a situation that's necessary for us to make such a new halacha or to make such a new a penalty, whatever it's going to be, so is, is there a possibility of doing such a thing? Now, the question is, when is this plan? So the, 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 the Gemara talks about that there was a Muslim of that uh, based in the time of Sanhedrin had the right to makin ancient Shalal Piyadin. The Gemara says that they could give punishments Shalal Piyadin, not, not because the Torah said that this punishment is thing, but because of the necessity that they felt to, to reign in the dark. Now, a punishment like that, isn't there any basis to sit down and think about it and say, okay, we decided that and today anybody who has a smartphone should give a Malkus, even if they see that would be the appropriate thing to do. Right? Well, what, 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 what's the basis for such a punishment? It needs a Nasi, or it needs a pedestal, it needs a king. It needs someone who has authority to make, the Shafteinu is to make a system of justice which he's going to enforce. Even if it's something uh, different to what the Torah talks about, above and beyond what the Torah talks about, based on the Tariq al-Shah. And therefore the Shafteinu means that we want a system of justice which the king is going to judge and the king is going to enact the rules and he's going to enforce those rules. And is the Sanhedrin enough? Well, the Sanhedrin as, as judges isn't enough. It needs an authority to do that. And just like they needed a Nasi or it needed an authority, same thing over here. It needs an authority that can enact new laws which are meant to be, which are meant to be obeyed. And he's going to be the one to make sure that they, they, they get obeyed. It sounds like this is something that would have been necessary even when Shmuel was was active and effective. This is something which would have been necessary if Kaisal would have been doing things which needed a strong hand, so to speak, to, to bring it under control. Mm-hmm. Whereas if no one's doing anything wrong, and therefore no, we don't need more laws than the Torah gave us because we don't see any, so to speak, uh, pierces, any uh, gaps in uh, what in the Torah's fence which prevents people doing things wrong. So you don't need to enact new things to, or exercise new preventative measures because you don't see the problem. It's just a question of people on their own finding out what the right thing to do is and then they would do it because they want to do the right Right. That example that Shlomo Melech ordered the baby cut in half, the Besdom could never do that even even if they had the Chachma of Shlomo. They couldn't order such a thing even as a Of course, test. because I've been, everyone else knows the entire... I'm saying Bezdin can't do that. They, they can, can they do that? But let's say that such a case comes to Bezdin, and the, the Reish Bezdin says, you know, I, I have exactly the way to do it. I'm going to order the baby cut in half, and the mother's going to be... They, so would, they, would they be allowed to even act in such a so way? So the, 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 the truth really is, to answer your question, how much the mother understands Bezdin? Because uh, if she understands Bezdin, she'll say, you can't do that. It's not a question of give it to her, give it to me. That's not an option. A basin can't cut babies in half, we don't know what to do with them. It's like a ridiculous judgment. But a king can? A king can do what he wants. That, 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 that's in the Quran. The, the, the real mother got scared, Shemu was going to carry it out. Because a king has that authority. Again, there's really explanation why he's doing it, but he'll be able to do it. Whereas if the basin would say, right, I, I think the psak is if we should cut the baby in half, I'd say, that's not a psak. Why in the world cut the baby in half? It's not, it's not, it's, if people understand things, they're not, they're not going to. Give in or, or give it to the other person or whatever it is. That it's, it's, it's just, they're going to uh, object to the ruling. Where, where in the world is that coming from? Right? And that's the truth because the basin has to pass on with the Torah. And if I can't show you where the Shulchan Aruch the Tezer I'm telling you, so then it's not a psak. What about Mark and Vayish and Shulam and Adin? It's a Nizinasi. 
That's just, again, it's the same idea. So you had to find a precedent for that. You couldn't just do it because he felt it was the wrong thing to do. And then again, it needs someone that that's not something which in the normal function of a based in that we're, we're, we're judging what's written in the Shulchan Aruch and we can make up new halachas like that. It needs someone who's authority of a Kaish or they can do that. We have more stories like that, right? David killed the guy who the British. That's a good example. In a story that doesn't tell David about the Kifs of Sarash, the sheep of the poor man, and David says, Most Yamas. Again, that's not Halach al by any stretch of the imagination. You don't kill somebody for stealing. As bad as the aggravated circumstances of stealing was, and Hashem does that. We can't kill people for stealing. It wouldn't be upset at any base would ever be able to pass. As a king, maybe David could do differently, but then again, that's, um, that's a different thing of judgment. And that's what, if that's what Kaisal is asking for, that you want to give absolute authority to a king to enact a system different to the Torah. Again, not to contradict the Torah, but to add to the Torah. In other words, that mean that it was a rejection of a Baruch Right, that's what we're going to see. That's why Shmuel was upset about it, and Hashem says, Lem And that, that, that in some way, the fact that we're asking for, uh, in some way, that the fact we're asking for a uh, alternative system of justice which the king can implement, and people can't, that's something which, uh, in some of, is rejection of Hashem, because be'etzem, it should be that the terrorist system is enough. And I'm going back to what I said before. Was the was was the idea of asking for a king wrong in totality? And the answer is no. As we saw before. The Torah allows people to ask for a but not to shift not, not to make new new rules and to make a new justice system. The Torah talks about a king is there to lead us. The idea of, of looking for a king who's going to be given absolute rights over people and can enact his own rules and make a new system of how to judge people and carry out different, uh, you know, whatever it's going to be to the Torah. So again, it's, uh, it's, it's on the one hand, a good king, a tariq, could use it right, and could use it to to melech mishvat yamilaret. You could use it to make for much make society much stronger. But on the other hand, it's it's a, it's a tool which is given to somebody to make rules, not only the Torah. This is now uh, uh, left to the king's discretion what he wants to do, and he's given free reign. And that's pretty much what Shmuel's going to tell them. That you should know, you want a king like that, the king is going to do what he wants. You're giving somebody a blank check to do whatever he wants. If you're going to give him that authority to make his own rules. Because again, a basin can never do that. A basin can never do that. A basin is bound to what the terrorist has, and it can implement it. We aren't, uh, we aren't free agents to enact new rules. Now, the interesting question is, uh, let's finish this, uh, this year. This is a story about a king who did that, and I always wonder, did he mean it truly or not? We know that in the time of Chizkiah, Chizkiah was facing an attack by Hassan Kharif, which was the strongest army, I've always said, the strongest army anywhere in history. And Chizkiyahu had no chance. He, he didn't have any way to fight in the Kherif. So he decides he's going to work, he's going to fight on the spiritual battlefield, and he's going to learn the schusim of the Talmud Torah of Klai Yisrael, the merits of Klai Yisrael's Torah, then he has a way to fight in the Kherif. And what did he do? So the Gemara says, not Kherif the Beis Medrash. He stuck his sword out to the door of the Beis Medrash, and he said, anybody who steps forward outside, he's locked up Kherif. Anybody who steps outside, he's going to get impaled. And therefore, everyone's dead inside. Everybody's just going to die. And no one's going to move outside the best marriage because you're going to get killed for going outside the best marriage. And the Gemaris is a paid off. And the discourse of the Torah and of Israel is what the feed us on Kherif. Now, I always wonder about that Gemara. 
Or what does it mean literally? Cheskin said, I'm going to kill you. And as I'm enacting martial law, if not, everyone is in battle terror gets killed. And that was a way to enforce the din that everyone's going to sit in there. I always wondered what he meant. And I was, what, what does the Kherav do? Is nice the best marriage? What did he mean by Bisham and Bisham? Yeah, Bisham is the same thing over there also, no? Yeah, but there for sure it wasn't literal because Bisham is like, going to kill people. There for sure it wasn't meant literally. So what did they mean? They meant it, taking it seriously. No one's going outside. And so they came to a decision. But Chizkiyot was a king, and therefore Chizkiyot could have meant it literally if he wanted to. As a king, he could have meant it, you know. And uh, I was wondering, was it, was it meant to be, in Chizkiyot's time, was it meant to be taken literally? That the Imamish meant, we're going to have soldiers outside the best mattresses, and uh, you know, we're going to check. Everyone steps the foot outside, that's it, we're, going, we're there to kill him. Or was it just figurative to explain to them and make it real to Chizkiyot, the danger that they faced? Because well, a wise king might have meant both. But, well, I mean, the question is, they have the authority for that. Would a king have said a, a law that, if you, you know, we, I'm going to kill you for being a vital time? Well, this is battle. You might not be with swords and whatever it is, but that's part of the battle. They're in the base matters battlefield. Yeah. That, army that, that I understand. But then are we dealing with them like, you know, you have to... Go out, you get killed. Yeah, it's like, yeah. is, is a deserter. Yeah. Could be? That, that's the question. That's what I'm saying. Could he have done that? He had the authority. As a king, he could have done it. Is it literally what he did? Was it just showing them a sign? No, I don't know. It just doesn't say exactly if he actually ever... Well, did anybody leave? We don't know. We don't know. No, it doesn't say how many people actually... As much as most people stayed inside, and everybody knew who. Were there actually people who got killed or got inside? That's the question. That I don't know, but that's part of this what it means to Shafteinu. Which means giving the king the authority to make a new, a new justice system to judge us by. So, number one. The first Nukura was that to replace Shmuel. And the mistake in was in his lifetime. Shmuel started that. You want to ask Shmuel for a new, a new king? Ask Shmuel to appoint someone after he died. And like we said, that would have been when David Amalek was meant to come to the throne anyway. It would have said this the whole story with Shaul and all the, the, the fallout from what happened with Shaul. Number one. Number two, the second option was they should have asked for a king. Um, we said, but uh, what, what, what did they need a king for? It was the, well, the, the job of the king was only when there wasn't a shepherd who was doing and a navi and Kohen uh, Gadol there was a gap in the Kaisal's leadership and therefore the second occurred is that uh, now wasn't the time to ask Bichar now they still had a leader uh, so therefore here there wasn't a, the, they didn't need the, the secular king so to speak or this, the king who was a Kachara Goyim right, that was the second point and the third point was they asked for the king the Shoftein and Kachara Goyim which means to apply a system of justice, not like the Torah. That, that was a different record. To, to give the king that like, a right to enact a state of emergency or martial law or make his own rules, and then judge his own rules, which is uh, obviously something a basin wouldn't do. Why they, why they wanted it, because they felt that, that would uh, make force Kleinschild to act a certain way. In other words, uh, if there had been problems in the past with people in Kleinschild doing their own thing, and collectively, they didn't, have any, they didn't have a way to enforce law. So, in cases like that, then they had a king would be able to enforce the law. Also, like the 